0: About taking us. Se- oh, we forgot to pass the chocolate round. Did we pass the chocolate round? Oh, they're just in exactly the same position as they were a few moments ago. Clearly, I paid a lot of attention. Um, so we spent September looking at loving God. What does it mean for us as a community of people to love God? And uh, admittedly, we spent three weeks, four weeks looking at it, and we did only scratch the surface. So, if you think that that is our entire theology on loving God, then. Um, Sorry, you're mistaken, but we have scratched the surface and we want to be a community of people that love God with our everything, love him with our hearts, our souls, our minds and our strength. We want to love him in intimate worship. We want to serve him, give to him and journey with him. And this month, the 2nd of October is today. um, I've put my jeans on for the first time in six months um, because it's getting a bit colder, isn't it? Um, this month, we're going to be looking at what it is to love people. Um, our kind of vision for a, chur- for a church is to love God, love people, let's go. And so loving people. Um, and if you've been around church for a while, some of you have been um, either part of this church or another church for a while. Some of you might have not been, but if you have, you might be thinking, well, come on, Libby, that's pretty obvious. Isn't, isn't that kind of standard? Like, we're to love people. Um, it might be that this is, if this is your first experience of church, that actually you experienced love from people when you arrived, um, I was going to say through these doors, or it might have been other doors in the university, depending on where we were meeting at the time when you first came. Um, we are the people of God, and, and our calling, if we have said yes to following Jesus, is to love people. But we all know, and we don't have to look far, we can look historically at the church, but we can also look today around the world and around this country to know that some people don't feel the love of the church, the people of God. And our response is that we want to keep it front and center, which is why it's in our vision to love people, to love people because Jesus did, and to love people because we have experienced the love of God. Jesus. Ultimately, we as people and every other person that we meet in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our colleges, we all need to know that we are loved, full stop. It's a basic human need. It's the way that we have been created and wired. This is where I'm going to get emotional, sorry. We all need to know that we are loved, and there are people walking around our streets and our neighborhoods who don't know that. They don't know that they are loved by a God in heaven who loves them wholly and unconditionally, no matter what. People need to know that they are loved by God and they're loved by us, His people, His hands and feet on this earth. That is why we exist as a church. You know, if we all functioned out of a place where we knew that we were loved wholly and completely and unconditionally, living, knowing that our identity is as a child of God, the world would look like a very different place. And it begins with knowing that we are loved. I'm going to look at it more in a moment, but... um, it's recorded a number of times in the Gospels. Matthew 22, Luke 10, love your neighbor as yourself. It's pretty hard to love others if we don't fully grasp that we are loved by God. We need to press into functioning as whole human beings. We need to know that our identity is as a child of God, wholly and completely loved, no matter what. And I know that this is a massive subject and we aren't going to even scratch the surface this morning, but I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to do something transformational in each and every one of us so that we are sealed, so that we know, so that it's ensured that we know that we're loved. The Holy Spirit wants to help us deal with our stuff so that we can be healthy and we can love ourselves so that we can love others. It's transformation in our hearts for the sake of mission, of reaching out and loving those around us. And I, as I was preparing this this morning, and then uh, our youngest daughter's not very well, so this morning it felt all a little bit like, oh, but I, I, I felt anxious to get here because I feel like this morning is a holy moment. It's a moment where the Holy Spirit has ordained each and every one of us in this room to be here, to do business with him, to know, to be reminded that we are loved. So I'm just going to take a moment right now and I'm going to pray. And it might be that you're feeling brave enough to stand as a simple act of saying, God, I know that I I know in my head that I'm loved by you, but I know that my heart doesn't fully grasp it. Or it might be that you'll hear this morning and you're like, "I I don't even get it. Like, am I loved by God? And I know it's really easy to say, but it's not always that easy to grasp. Even those of us that have been following Jesus for a long time, Still come back. Well, I still come back to this place of God. I need to know that You love me. Karl Barth, a famous theologian who wrote some incredible stuff, he was once asked just before he retired in a lecture, "What is the greatest theological concept you have ever grasped?" And he said, "Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so." If that is the is is, is the, if Karl Barth struggles to grasp that, then it's okay that we struggle. But it's also really important that we place ourselves in the presence of the Holy Spirit to be reminded that we are loved. I said I was going to pray and then I've carried on talking. I'm going to pray. If you want to stand now just as a simple act of saying, God, help me understand your love for me, then feel free to stand. Holy Spirit, we invite your presence to increase. We wait on you to transform our hearts. It says in Psalm 32 God's unfailing love surrounds people that trust Him. Father God, will you deposit more of your love for us in our hearts right now? Will you give us your eyes to see ourselves?
1: I, I just had a, uh, I was reminded of something as Libby was talking. I had the privilege a few weeks ago of going to, uh, like an official court celebration for an adoption, of um, a friend who. So stay standing, everyone. <laughs> um, and uh, during part of this ceremony, um, the judge is there, and the little my friend's little girl who was being adopted, um, then was able to kind of sign the papers and she's only 18 months, so they had a stamper, and she was stamping on this official document, and uh, she was so enthusiastic, stamp, 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 and the sense I got was, uh, I felt like God spoke to me and said, it was like she was saying, I know who I am, I know who I am, I'm yours, I'm yours, I'm yours, you're my dad, you're my dad, and that was the sense of She knew her identity. She knew that she was loved. She knew that she had been chosen. She knew that she had been adopted into this family. And I just was reminded of that this morning, that sense of know who you are. You are the Lord's. um, He's your your loving father. and, And, yeah, he's yours.
0: May you know that you are loved, you are accepted, you are chosen, you are special, you are precious. You are unique, you are beautiful, you are made perfect. You are God's priority. You are honoured, you are hugged, you are cherished. You are adored, you are wanted, you are longed for. You are anointed, you are washed clean, you are healed. You are chosen. You were fought for. You have been rescued. Father God, will you continue to seal in our hearts this morning as we journey through. May this just be the beginning of seeing ourselves as you see us. Amen. It might be that, well, we can definitely pray more at the end, so... And if anyone needs tissues, there's some here. (laughs) I'm just going to use my (laughs) T-shirt. No. Um, We want to be a community of people that love our neighbor as ourselves. And as I say, it begins with us knowing that we are loved. We want to be a family who love others. Love because we have experienced that love. Extend grace, which is God's undeserved favor extend that undeserved favor to everybody we meet because we have experienced, we have been on the receiving end of that lavish grace, love and acceptance. We want to be a family who loves others no matter what our age is, our ethnic background, our sexual identity, our economic standing, our marital status, the color of our skin. We We want to be a people that love everybody. I was reading in Revelation just this morning about how every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. We all bow down no matter who we are, no matter our background or anything. We love. We want to love people who are different from us. We want to love people even if they wind us up and annoy us. We want to be a people that are known because of our love one for another. Which is exactly what Jesus said in John 13. People will know that you are my disciples, he said to his closest bunch of mates, because you love one another. We want that to be said of us too. I'm going to read from Luke 10. I'm going to read quickly. Um, uh, I mentioned it a few weeks ago. Jesus is chatting to some religious leaders and they come to him and they say, um, "Show us, the, like, tell us what we must do to gain eternal life. Um, and Jesus replies with a question. I love that. I wish I was able to channel more of Jesus' questioning um, when I talk to people. But he says, well, what does the law say? And, the, and the, these religious leaders reply with, well, the law says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, and Jesus says, yeah, right, spot on. And then the religious leader says, yeah, but who is my neighbor? Good question. Verse 29, oh, verse 30, in reply to the question, who is my neighbor? Jesus says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to, come down, happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, a worship leader, when he came to the place, saw him, passed over onto the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. When he put the man on his own donkey, he took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when, he return, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Jesus says to the religious leaders, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The experts in the law replied, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So many things to say from that, um, that conversation that Jesus had. I'm just going to uh, uh, pick up a few things. So if loving ourselves in order to love our neighbors wasn't a challenge enough, we are to love our neighbors. In reality, this example that Jesus gives of the Samaritan, the Samaritan helping this beaten up man, it's likely that probably they were enemies because of living in different areas. You know, what what would have happened if you'd come across an enemy of yours or someone that you knew disliked you or somebody that you disliked? And was lying beaten up in the road. What would your response be? Would it be to pretend to be on the phone? Phone. Who has a phone like that these days? Be on the phone. You know, just busy in conversation and you didn't see it. Or pretend to be dealing with something over here so you didn't see it. Are we prepared to be inconvenienced, to be put out? To spend our time and money on on people that we don't even really like? I mean, that's a challenge. When it comes to loving your neighbor, you could argue, and rightly so, that everybody we encounter is our neighbor. For th- in, this, in this conversation that Jesus was having, that his neighbor, that the neighbor was someone who was probably an enemy, didn't even know them, didn't work together, didn't go to college together, didn't go to school together, didn't um, even live in the same area, but yet he was his neighbor. Jesus says, love your neighbor. That's everybody. Our work colleagues, uh, people that we meet at the school gate, if we find ourselves at the school gate. Um, anybody that you come into contact with. And it's absolutely right and good that we love our neighbor. Now, I don't know about you because I don't know all of your stories, but I find it relatively straightforward and easy to love people that are at an arm's distance. Because you don't see them all the time. And, and actually... You know, I I think I'm quite good at being kind to people and friendly. How about the people that live in the house or the apartment next to you? Who see you maybe put out the rubbish in your pyjamas. um, Hear you having a party with your friends that they're not invited to. um, Hear you parenting. I don't know whether you parent loudly or quietly if you've got children. Depends on the day in our house. Um, Your neighbours hear you having a discussion with your housemate slash spouse about maybe how things should be done. Maybe some of you have those discussions quietly. Maybe some of you have those discussions loudly. Your neighbours hear it all. Your neighbours are also the people that maybe park in the wrong place and slightly wind you up. Maybe steal your wheelie bin and you don't know where it is. Or your recycling bag. Those blasted recycling bags that seem to disappear. Well, they do on our estate. Um, no, that's not totally true. Um, how is it to love your neighbours when they are in... In kind of immediate proximity to you. Have you ever introduced yourself to your neighbors? Maybe some of you know your neighbors really well, which is brilliant. You know, I don't, for some of you, you're way too young for to this. Do you remember the TV advert where people used to go around and borrow like cups of sugar? sugar? I don't even know what that was advertising. They didn't, am I just, is that just a dream that I had? Do, do, do you lend, like yesterday, I'll give you a very real example. This is not in my notes. Um, I was trying to open a tin of tomatoes, and our tin opener wasn't working. And I, in the end, honestly, couldn't be bothered to walk to the neighbour's house, so I got my pen knife out. Nearly, like, ripped a finger off, and no, not quite. Um, but I, I was like, I shou- afterwards, I was like, I should have just gone round to the neighbors and said, can I please borrow your tin opener? Because we had people coming for dinner, and I was, it was all a bit of a nightmare. But nightmares on a scale of 1 to 10, obviously. Um, Do we know our neighbors well? Are they relative strangers? Do you just see them passing, coming in and out? Are they acquaintances where maybe you know their name and you could say good morning? Or are you in a relationship with them where perhaps you know what their dreams and their desires are, what their pains and their losses are? That's a challenge to each and every one of us. If we're going to love our neighbours as ourselves, then yes, we need to do some work perhaps on loving ourselves. But we also need to invest in the lives of the people that Jesus has placed us to live next door to. I don't believe you live in your house by accident. I believe that Jesus placed you there to have an influence, to bring that fragrance of Jesus to that place where you live. I don't know whether you assume the role of chaplain for your street. When we planted this church, we decided that we were going to assume the role of chaplains for our little estate that we live on. And we were going to get to know as many people as we could. And we were going to be the person that, um, that people came to if they needed help. And that has worked to a certain extent. We assume the role of pastors on our street and we pray for them. You know, could you assume that role in your street? Could you become the chief fun organiser in your street and so that you throw parties, you get known, you bless people? If you want any ideas, then feel free to go and speak to Russ and Pip because since we planted this church, they have invested in their, in their street and they have so many stories of all the fun things that they have got up to that now they don't always even organise. Other people organise it, but they have created community in their street what stops us loving our neighbors? What stops us? Okay, we'll lower the bar slightly. What stops us just saying hello and having a conversation with our neighbors? I think there's possibly two things I'm going to mention this morning. One is time. We are busy people, aren't we? We're all busy and I don't want this to be just another thing you put on your to-do list. Oh, I need to love my neighbors. Put it, if you like lists, put it on your to-do list, ready to tick it off when you have. I don't know if you know the story of Martha and Mary. If you go on reading in Luke after the story of the Good Samaritan that I've just read, um, Martha is, is looking after Jesus and his guests when they arrive. And she is cleaning and, and cooking and laying the table and ensuring that Jesus has a great meal and has a great experience of being in her house. Which, you know, I, I'm a little bit like her. But actually, Jesus says to Mary, you have chosen well, because she takes time to sit at his feet. Are we too busy? Do we get too distracted to actually invest in, the, in relationships with the people that Jesus has placed us to live next door to? Maybe the Holy Spirit is prompting you to free up some time to set aside distractions and just take some baby steps in saying hello to your neighbors. So perhaps we don't love our neighbours as we should, or as we could, sorry, because of time. Perhaps also because of fear. Fear is a huge deal and totally understandable. Putting yourself out there to say hi, to ask questions, to be prepared to share some of your story or to help out, to be interruptible, perhaps is quite a daunting thing. I've heard it said that it says 365 times in the Bible, do not fear fear. Don't quote me on that because I haven't sat and counted. But we take from that that the Bible says do not fear fairly regularly. And we can grab hold of that and go, do you know what? God says do not fear. Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, including walking up your neighbor's front garden if they've got one or walking up the path or knocking on the front door. You know, we can will ourselves to not be fearful. We can try really hard not to be afraid. We can proclaim it and declare it over ourselves to not be afraid. But that's not how to overcome fear. We go back to the love of God. In 1 John 4, uh, 16 to 18, it says, God is love and his perfect love casts out all fear. So we find ourselves back at this place of love. we we feel fear, what do we need to do? We need to get back into the presence of the Holy Spirit and understand that His love casts out all fear. So if we are feeling fearful, in this case about loving our neighbours, then let's go back to do some heart work, to be transformed afresh, to know that His love for us and in us casts out fear, that we can be the people that Jesus has invited us to be. If every follower of Jesus the world over decided that they were going to literally love their neighbor, imagine the impact. As I've said, loving them because we are loved, extending grace to them because we have been the recipients of lavish grace. You know, in worship, part of the reason this morning why I was wrecked was like the words that we were singing absolutely mean them. They are absolutely true. Why am I not talking about that with everybody that I meet? If Jesus' name really is beautiful and wonderful and powerful, why is that not something that I'm talking about all the time? I'm speaking to myself here. That's why I was broken in worship, because that is God. my heart is that everybody would know that they are loved and that Jesus is, the, Jesus is the source of unconditional love. So let's make time and let's acknowledge our fear, but invite the Holy Spirit to lead us, to cast out fear so that we can say hello to our neighbor or if we know our neighbors already, we can be brave enough to have those conversations where we actually find out something something personal about them, their dreams, their desires, their heartbreaks, their losses. Begin to journey with your neighbors. We received a prophecy from um, a lady who's not connected to this church back in May. And one of the things she talked about was entering into a season where our neighbors would respond to the love of Jesus, which really, really excited us. We were like, yes, this is amazing. And, uh, and so we want to all be on this journey. It's not just about us, um, uh, those of us that are leaders in the life of, church, life of the church. It's about all of us loving our neighbors wherever we are. And we've realized that in the life of our church, we haven't always um, massively promoted who we are. We have just been. We've existed. And people have heard about us. Um, but we haven't necessarily gone massive on the like, PR and marketing. Um, So we've decided that um, we were going to up the ante this year. And um, according to Google, there's over 120,000 people that live in Chelmsford. And I know that some of you live outside of Chelmsford. So that means there's even more people. And most of them don't know that we exist, don't know that we are a people who want to love God and love people so that they would know that they are loved by God. And so we've had some little invitations printed, which Pip mentioned earlier. And it says on the front, you're invited. And it's just a fun little picture of two Lego people. And it simply is just an invitation for people to come to church. You never know, if you have one of these in your back pocket and you're chatting, you never know by simply inviting your neighbor to come along, they might say yes. And it's not about gathering here for the sake of gathering here. It's about gathering here so that we can share a holy moment and we can be transformed by the love of Jesus so that we can see our city, our streets, our village, our towns transformed by him. So we would love to invite all of you here and anyone listening on Spotify to get their hands on a handful of these. And um, We're going to get 10,000 printed because we're dreaming big. Um, we've only got 1,000 printed so far. We didn't want to freak the printer out. So... Um, So I've got a whole load of these and I would love it if you would take some today and you would give them to your neighbors. Now, it would be amazing if you had a conversation with each of your neighbors and you just said, look, I go to this church. We're just a small little church. We meet at the university, but we really believe that God loves you and we'd love you to come and experience that. If you're brave enough to say that, gold star. If you want to just post them through your neighbor's doors at midnight when they're fast asleep and pretend that they're not even, you're not even connected, then, you know, that's all right too. Like, there's no, there's no standard here. Like, we would just love people to know that they are invited. So, that's the challenge this morning. And if it's a case of time and fear, then I think God wants to talk to you about those two things. Okay. We want to be a church that loves God with our everything and loves our neighbor as ourselves. Because in that environment, we are able to go and make disciples of all people, baptizing them and teaching them the way of Jesus, which is ultimately what Jesus invited us into when he walked this earth. So who is up for intentionally loving your neighbors Do we need to do some work with Father God on loving ourselves? Do we need equipping again and by the power of the Holy Spirit to go out, to step out and be courageous? It might be that as I've been talking, fear is rising up within you because you just think, I don't really want to. You know, it's okay to acknowledge that. And to go, God, this is where I'm at. I want to want to do this, but right now, I'm not sure I'm able. Why don't we all stand and we're going to pray again.